Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello there, my friends. Welcome back to the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and this is gonna be an epic conversation, so get ready for it. Friends, it's been about two weeks since my book, Baby, Thank You for Rejecting Me, came into the world, and I honestly am still pinching myself that this is actually a reality. And on top of the things I've already shared with you guys, I have some big news to share with you today on the podcast. I am beside myself. Just last Thursday, I found out that I am a national best-selling author. Y'all, even just saying that makes me want to cry. This is quite literally the most surreal experience of my entire life. I actually went into launching this book with this prayer. God, I want to be surrendered to the process, not controlled by the process. And with that prayer, I surrendered the clout, all the lists, the popularity, the prestige, any and all of it. I surrendered it to God. I prayed to be released to whatever God wanted to do. Because truly, 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 my friends, you guys, the victory has already been won in the mere fact that the words in the book, thank you for rejecting me, have even been written. I want to share part of my acknowledgments at the end of the book because it really wouldn't be possible without some important people rallying behind me. And believe me, that also includes you guys, my precious Heart of Dating family, which if you didn't know, I actually dedicated the entire book to you guys. So here's what it says in part of my acknowledgments. The mere fact that these words have been written feels like an impossibility, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that it never would have been possible without my friends, my family, my heart of dating community, that's you guys, and of course, my Jesus empowering me on this journey. For my amazing brother, Brandon Warman, you were the first person to believe in heart of dating, When I was terrified to step into this vulnerable mission, you reinforced that what I had to say mattered. Your faith in me gave me the push I needed to enter into teaching in this ever so ambiguous world of Christian dating. Without your encouragement years ago, I wouldn't be where I am now. Your advocacy, love, and friendship have been so healing to my heart. You guys don't know this, but Brandon was the first person to invest, actually financially invest in this podcast. He helped me to buy all of the equipment. And without him really believing in me and investing in this, I'm telling you, this podcast would not have been started. And friends, today I want to just say this to you. Being a national best-selling author is not just on my own accord. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for advocating for me. Thank you for sharing this book. Thank you for the thoughtful and beautiful reviews. Thank you for buying it as gifts for others. Thank you for seeing me and loving me. Thank you for all of it. My heart is completely and totally overwhelmed. And for the person listening to this in pain, thinking that this could never be you, yes, it can, my friend. God wants to turn your pain into purpose. Whatever it looks like, do not give up on yourself. Fight for yourself in your healing. 
You are perfectly worthy and made for wondrous things. Friend, if you do listen to this podcast and you want to support this ministry, I just want to ask you if you'd consider ordering my book right now. It's available wherever books are sold. You could also go to thankyouforrejectingme.com. And guess what? You can even get an Amazon Prime to your house. All right. There's even an audiobook version, which I worked really hard on to be full of emotion and expression. And if you like listening to this podcast, then I have a feeling you're going to like the audiobook. So go ahead and check that out. All right, y'all, being an author now, I love supporting other authors on their journey and mission. So today's guest on the show is not a stranger to you. He is a longtime friend of Heart of Dating, and I am so grateful for his work and his heart for singles. Also, this is his third time being on Heart of Dating, and I am not mad about it even for a second. Today we have the one, the only, Jonathan Pakluda, JP, on the show to talk about some awesome dating hot topics, okay? Some of the things we're covering are the one, the X factor, ghosting, love at first sight, and so many other things, okay? We just spit some real fire, both of us, JP, myself. It was so much fun, and it was a doozy, and you guys are going to like this. I promise you that. By the way, JP's brand new book, Outdated, is out right now, and I want you to get yourself a copy. Y'all are always asking me, Kate, what's your favorite dating book? Well, guys, JP's book, Outdated, one of my brand new favorite dating books. You can get it right now, wherever books are sold. You need this in your hands. So pause this right now, go buy his book, and then come back and listen to this conversation. You are not going to be angry about it. Buy it for your friends. It is such a good book. You do not want to miss this read. JP is the lead pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. He was formerly the leader of The Porch in Dallas, Texas, which grew to be the largest weekly young adult gathering of its kind in the country. JP didn't come to understand the grace of the gospel until his early 20s after being involved in different denominational churches his entire life. His best-selling book, Welcome to Adulting, offers millennials a roadmap to navigating faith, finding a spouse, finances, and the future. Following the release of Welcome to Adulting, he wrote Welcome to Adulting Survival Guide that provides a 42-day guide to surviving adulthood. JP also released Welcoming the Future Church, which inspires ministry leaders to keep their churches young because millennials, Gen Y, and Gen Z are the future of the church. His current book, Outdated, is out now and was written after years of observing the changing landscaping of dating. JP's partner in ministry is Monica, his wife of 16 years, and together they disciple their children, Presley, Finley, and Weston. All right, y'all, let's get into this epic, fiery conversation with JP. I am so excited to get into it. And just side note, once again, go pick up a copy of Outdated. You're not going to regret it. Oh my gosh, we have JP in the house. What's up? Let's go. Let's go. You know, I was thinking this is like one of the first, I remember when I met you and we did a podcast <laughs> yep. and it was like, I mean, that was early, early on. And I was, I remember thinking, okay, this girl has it. Like God's hand is on her. <laughs> this is going to be something. And look at you now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that might, reminds me of the song. Look at me now. Okay. But I really don't want to sing that look right now. Look at me now. Right? <laughs> okay. Also flashback. This was probably almost three years ago, JP, when we first did our first recording. But if you remember, we did it over like business Skype. Do you remember this? And our first ever interview, it didn't like, it uh-huh. totally got distorted. Do you remember that? <laughs> 
We had like a thousand problems. Yes. The enemy hates that. The enemy doesn't want us, you know, <laughs> ministering to, to single friends like that. Yep. He doesn't, he doesn't want that to happen. <laughs> exactly. And so, yes. Hey, I'm congratulations. Oh I God. love the book. I'm so <laughs> excited that it's out there. Oh my God. Way to go. Thank you, friend. And look at you. Um, Hello. Outdated came out yesterday. Okay. So let's talk about it. I am so, also just so on a side note stoked that we can walk with each other in this season and launching books, helping people and their singleness and dating lives. Like what a joy. You've been such an encouragement to me, such an advocate. And in reverse, it is just so, I'm so honored to stand by you too. Now, as you launch this incredible piece of helpful work that every single single and dating person needs. So uh, let's talk about this for a second. Let me, I want to get into your process here with outdated. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So tell let's me, go. I don't want to just ask the whole, what made you want to write this book though? I want to know that, but I also want to know a little bit deeper. What is your prayer for the single and dating people that's, that are going to read outdated? Man, there's just like coming out of 2020 and into 2021. I mean, there's so many challenges in our country right and there's so much division and whether it's it's politically or racially or socioeconomically or even according to our preference mask no mask i mean just everything we can we can divide over it seems like that's where we're at and you would never think kate like the way that we're going to heal the land is through dating like you wouldn't think that but so many of the challenges date back to our family of origin our family unit and really, that starts when boy meets girl. And so it's like, if we can, you know, grab people's hearts when they're at this vulnerable season of, you know, finding love and and turn them to God and help them or give them some guardrails to help them build a healthy marriage if they desire marriage, I, I that is my heart. Like, I want to help people. And I really do think if you change dating, you change the world. Wow. And I think it's the hardest it's ever been. Like this generation that is of single friends right now that desire marriage, it's the hardest, the most difficult mm. it's ever been, which sounds naive because like I haven't always been alive. But based <laughs> on my research yeah. and looking at past generations and the way that we have found relationships through the through the centuries, I really believe that this is the most difficult time to look for a spouse. And so I want to help people. I've found a method that's proven. I've seen it help hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of relationships and marriages. And so I want to put it in the hands of, of single people. I never care about, you know, selling a book, but if you create a resource, like you want, you do that to help people. That's what it's for. And so that's my prayer. I love that. And I can personally, you guys listening, vouch for the fact that JP, like I'm going to scream it for him that you should buy this book, but JP's heart is not just to like, preach for you to buy the book, but he just so intimately believes this message. And I love your humbleness in that JPF, but like really been honored to see that even in my journey in launching my book, it's been really encouraging to me. And so I can tell you that this is a powerful book and there's so much in it that you just speak with such conviction, but also really clear. And I, it's so helpful. We just, we need clarity, you know, as when I start and in the intro of this podcast, I say that 
we are navigating the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. And what do we need in the ever so ambiguous world? We need clarity. We need direction. We need clear things. And dating isn't always black and white. Like it's not, but we do need some clear guardrails or clear things and somebody to come through and help us through the gray. (laughs) Because as we know, and you and I have talked about this a lot, dating is in the Bible, but there's a lot of awesome principles we can take from the Bible and apply to dating. I think you do that so well in this book, and uh, I can't wait for everybody to read it, and it's just going to transform so many lives. So today, I want to kind of, I mean, this is our third time having you on the show, actually, which is incredible. We'll have you for every year, okay? This is our third year in the podcast, and third time on the show. I love it. I would love to just have a conversation about some of our dating, the dating hot topics. You do a thing every Friday. If y'all don't follow JP on Instagram. He does a Friday Q&A. I follow along. I'm always in the Q&A looking at everybody's responses. I crack up at some of the things you get asked. I'm like, oh my gosh, people just will ask you unfiltered anything. Like, and I know you don't even share everything that people ask you. I'm like, I can only imagine. But I kind of was like, okay, between reading your book, seeing some of your Friday Q&As, I'm like, let's just like go through some dating hot topics. You ready? Yeah, love it. Let's (laughs) go. Okay, so one of the first things I wanted to start off with is you talk about this. I've talked about this. I've gotten some flack over this. I'm sure you have as well, but I want to uh, quickly debunk the stigma of the one. I always say, uh, I did a reel on this or I've spoken on this before that the one is the one for you because you choose for them to be the one, like you choose love with them. So yeah. what is your take on the one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of flack have you gotten over it? Uh, people are like, no, God does choose one person for you. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> it's a view. What's well, a view of his sovereignty? So I, I do think like, I believe in a sovereign God. I believe that he knows everything. And so from that standpoint, like he knows who someone would marry. And if that's what they're calling the one, that's fine, but it, it really puts undue pressure on the person to try to find that one specific person when God God has a mysterious will and a revealed will, and his revealed will is in the word, the, the scriptures. And so why would God reveal to us his mysterious will if we don't live out his revealed will? And so God tells us so much about dating relationships, marriage, sexual intimacy, all of these topics he he speaks into. And when I say dating, really relationships in general, not dating specifically, but he speaks into that through the word. And so we should apply those principles and walk in faith and trust him in in the the unrevealed will. And so what he has said in his word as he loves us and cares for us is that there's not a person we're looking for. It's a it's a type of person we're looking for. There's a small group of people that we can choose from. And so we should be a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and we should find a committed follower of, of Jesus Christ. And so that means we should only look amongst the, the followers of Christ. And so for me, like if you think about the one, I'm six foot seven inches tall. Like yes, I'm weird tall. I love when like you I'm, talk about this. Yes, I, I, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like LeBron James. Yeah, you are tall. tall. When I met you in real life, I was like, yeah. this man is tall. That is yeah. tall. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I like, let me insert that here is like, <laughs> both of us do a lot of podcasts and, and, but like, we're friends, like, yes. you know, you've met my family. We've, yes. we've been at the same dinner table. And so, uh, so I'm weird tall and, and my wife, so I'm six, seven, my wife is five, two and a half. She's, she'd say five, three, she's like five, 
two-ish. And um, <laughs> we always and round we, up, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we don't have a lot in common. Like we're not like our interests are different. We're different people. I mean, we got married and we had stuff in common. Like we, we loved the beach and she doesn't really like the beach anymore. Your interests change. <laughs> That's true. Like all of that stuff, you know, it, it can change. And so like, are there people better suited for Monica than me? And I would say, yeah, hundreds of thousands of people. We, you know, every guy on earth could take a test. And I promise you, I wouldn't be the number one most compatible person for her on the planet earth. That thinking is ludicrous. It's even, there's even a math problem to it that I talk about in Outdated that, I mean, there's just, it's not like there's one guy for every girl, like according to math, like that the math doesn't work out. And so the the good news is you're not looking for a soulmate, a S-O-U-L mate. You're looking for a soulmate, a S-O-L-E mate, one mate for a lifetime. And you don't have to, to like weed through the needle in a haystack. It's really you're looking through this relatively small group of people. And that's all good news because it's not one person that you have to find. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it there is this – it's kind of narrowed down to a smaller group of people that you can search through. And, and, you know, choose someone that you want to be a, a great, you know, husband and a great father to your children. And I, I believe, you know, you've got options. Yeah. I be- And I say it all the time. Like, I could have married a lot of the guys I dated. But yeah. would it have been the best choice for me to carry out what you're talking about, the S-O-L-E mate walking for the kingdom kind of work that I'm putting here on this earth to do? And the answer is no. Probably most likely not. And sometimes in some of those relationships, I didn't see that right away. Through time, I've seen it more, you know, and that's going into the whole rejection breakup thing. But I, you know, it doesn't mean like there was a guy I had a relationship with a few years ago. I'm like, I could have actually married him. I mean, he ended it. So obviously not, but I, I could have married him. And, but in the, in retrospect would have been the best necessarily for where God has brought me to now. No, not necessarily. No. Probably not. And so, uh, and I believe that with the core of my being, like, and so I, I really think that what in talking about this, what I love about it is that it, it, it steers us in a direction, but it also releases the pressure that like, you don't know exactly on date one that this is quote unquote the one. And therefore when, when people are trying to figure that out, they just leave the date immediately. You know, they're like afterwards, well, this isn't my, the one, so I'm going to leave. And I'm like, you don't always know that on the first date (laughs) and you need to see and see and give it more opportunity. So, okay. On this exact topic as well, if you don't mind, I want to also ask you about something else. So, and this is personal, but I I was like, I'm bringing this up with JP because we're friends over here. Uh, I had a guy tell me that he had to end it because he met another girl with an X factor and he realized that I just did not have it. So, um, what do you think about this whole X factor thing? It kind of goes in line with the one slash infatuation spark kind of talk. But yeah, I want to know your thoughts on the quote unquote X factor. Yeah. The chemistry. Yeah. Right. I mean, and yeah, one, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to call him some names. I know. But uh, I, I just, I think this, Kate, it starts with, we don't know what we're looking for. And there's nothing in this world that we look for like we do a person and to spend the rest of our life with. Like when we go to the grocery store and like Monica sends me to the grocery store looking for milk, like she gives me a specific, she says, Hey, I want you to get the blue label, blue cap, 2%, one gallon, uh, organic milk. That's this brand. And when, 
And when I find that, when I'm going through the milk aisle and I'm comparing my list to the list that she gave me, um, and I see the description that matches the description that she told me to look for, I don't stand in front of the milk and think, well, how do I feel? Like, do me and the milk have chemistry? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I, I commit to the one that I'm looking for because I'm like, I've, there's a celebration. I found it. Yes. I, I can look at the list and identify that I found what I was looking for. That piece is is missing in, in a lot of dating today. The number one thing we're looking for is a feeling. And what you don't realize is whoever you marry – that there will be a day where you wake up and you don't have that feeling. And I'm not saying that it's gone permanently. I'm just saying the feeling comes and goes. At some point, there has to be a commitment that carries you through that. And so let's just talk about this guy. We'll call him John Doe. And so maybe <laughs> John Doe finds, finds Jane Doe with the X factor. So Jane, X factor, Doe, right? So they found each other and now he has that X factor. He has that chemistry. But what does he do when he wakes up one day and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, like the chemistry's gone. I don't feel it anymore. Like, so at that point, did he say, okay, well, now I need to find another Jane. Uh, I need to find someone else. And I think that's the danger. Like when people say, well, I've fallen in love and I'm marrying you because I've fallen in love with you. And then they, they want a divorce when they've fallen out of love. There has to be something else that we're looking for. And I want to be careful because I'm not saying that chemistry doesn't have a place. I'm just saying that it's not first place. It's also not second place, third place, or fourth place. It's you know somewhere after fourth place, that's where chemistry falls. What's first place? So they say, well, great, JP. So what's first place? First place, do they love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? I'm just going to tell you as someone who had a disastrous marriage, I mean, year two, we wanted to end it. That if you have that they're following God and I'm following God, rock there. Like if that's that piece is there, it will cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. Like it really yeah. will make up for a lot of other things. And then beyond that, you know, are you are you going the same direction? Do you complement each other well? Do do you each have commitment? Like these are all things more important than chemistry. And then somewhere after those things, it's like, well, and do we have fun together? And that's awesome. Like yes. Man, that you don't you don't need to be a martyr. You don't need to marry someone that you don't enjoy. But uh, but also the fact that you enjoy them shouldn't be ultimate on the list. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is I'll tell you what, when he said you oh, first of all, also just the side note, having someone tell you, you know, this girl that I randomly met has an X factor that you just never had. I was like, wow. <laughs> First you know of all, you should say? knife to the heart. That's like, okay. It takes no, <laughs> like seriously, you know what you should say to him? You should look him deep in his soul, like peer into his eyes and his soul and say, thank you for rejecting me. Yes. Oh and, 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 and now I'm going to write a, a best-selling book in your honor <laughs> yes. because you're a moron. There was a small, you know, minor temptation to send him my book with a letter, um, just as a side note, but I didn't do it. Um, but yes. So I actually did challenge him when he said this, I was like, okay. Uh, I, and I said, what do you think God thinks about the X factor? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, that's a good question. Like he didn't know how to answer it. And I, I don't want to just like poke fun at him all day long. He's not a terrible person. But this moment was like a laughable thing for me because I was like, man, I really didn't know that you were so into this whole X factor thing. And that is, that's a problem. And also yeah. just a problem that we are seriously dating. And the first sign of somebody with some sort of X factor, you are like, your attention is flying away like the wind. And like, that's not safe and stable and secure. And 
I know that that is not just the, like this situation, I bring it up because that happens so often. Uh, this X factor thing also, I would say can be known as like the, you know, a spark. Um, some people are like the X factor is like the, the ultimate, but then, you know, a spark is whatever. And people use that terminology, but here's what I think JP. I actually think what you're saying is so important looking for those qualities that you just said. And I honestly do believe because I've been in relationships both ways. I've been in relationships where, you know, in the beginning, wow, we just like connect. I feel like I know this person. We just, it's so obvious that we get together. Well, oh my gosh, like all that. And it feels just natural around them. And we have this quote unquote spark, you know, but then I've also been with people where, but then obviously I'm not married. Those things didn't work out. On the other side, I've also been with people where at the beginning, I didn't have that quote unquote instant friendship with them, but they had amazing character qualities. And over time by learning more about them and seeing the fruits of the spirit and things in their life, I mean, my connection grew with them and that's what I call a slow burn. So what are your thoughts on that? And the spark versus the slow burn, these are just terms people use. So I'd love to get your insight there. Yeah. So I, I kind of talk about my own marriage. So we, we got married, we dated, we weren't Christians. We became Christians. We got married as Christians. Year one was the honeymoon. Like year one, it was just like, man, let's go eat at a bunch of restaurants, you know, go to see all the movies, you know, date every night. I mean, it was, that, that was year one. And then year two, like the wheels fell off. It was just like, man, I don't, okay. Like all I've done is trained for divorce because I would date somebody until I didn't feel the feelings for them anymore. And then we would mm -hmm. break up. And so all I know is, is like, I've trained for divorce. That's the way we date today. I think we do it all wrong. And so then I, you know, I went out, like, I I'm like, what am I doing here? I feel so stuck. I, I don't know if I love you anymore. I don't have all those feelings, you know, this and that. But at that point, community, the church, like others help carry me through, remind me of my vows, help me honor the commitment. And what we find pushing through that moment of lacking those feelings and the commitment carrying us forward is something even more beautiful than when you feel that puppy love, when the guy texts you and you're so excited and you, you have a reason to live and to get out of bed and you just kind of walk around with this smirk on your face because you, you, know, you, you have your person, right? that the thing on the other side of those feelings fading is even more beautiful. And so if that's what we're calling the slow burn. Like I'm all for it. I, I'm just saying like, at some point there has to be the safe, this safetyness in the relationship that is, man, we're committed to each other, regardless of how we feel like we're, we're, we're I'm, I'm here to, to serve you and to care for you and, and protect you and to protect what we have and to pursue Jesus together amongst believers. That's really what marriage is, is it's a partnership in ministry. Like when somebody's like, what am I looking for? I would say you're looking for a partner in ministry more than any single person wants to admit marriage is somewhat pragmatic. Like you're, you're looking for a partner, like someone to help you in life, you know? And so it's like, what is, what skills do I lack? that a guy will be able to help me with or what skills do I lack that a girl will be able to help me with 
and compliment me in this, yeah. in this race called life. That's so good. And that's what it's just, I love that. That's a perfect description of it. And just eye opener, because what happens often is I see people giving up on the potential of an amazing thing possibly for them to choose, uh, because there's no initial spark. And I'm like, y'all get to know that some of my best friends, JP, in the last few years, like I have seen two of my best girlfriends, they met guys, great guys, but in the beginning, they just didn't feel it. Quote, quote unquote, you know, they were like, oh, I don't know. Like they, they weren't interested by, they just thought they were boring again, not, there's no spark there. Right. But we, as the friend group, as they invested into asking us like, Hey, what do you think about this guy? I was like, no, this guy is amazing. Look at his character. Look at his love for God. Look at how he's pursuing you. Look at all these things. You need to keep giving this a shot, you know? So these two friends, both of them did that. And over time, they realized, man, just some of their training in their previous versions of love and how they attached in love, like those uh, trainings within their neuropathways and in their brains said that it has to feel like, you know, spark-like in the beginning. And if you don't have that, then run away. It has to feel all the lovey-dovey, all the infatuation if you don't have that runaway. And so they were training themselves to need that in the very beginning. But what they actually found is that the slow burn in these men who were incredibly consistent, had amazing character, loved God that it cultivated into something so lasting. And now both those people, one of them is married. The other one just got engaged. And I'm like, yes. And amen. You know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you see this with the bachelor. You oh, know, that, yeah. That's the benefit of, of some of these reality shows is you, what you see, what you're watching. And the reason we're entertained by this is you're seeing intense chemistry. I mean, that basically one guy and, or one girl can choose from a plethora of, of others who they have the most chemistry with. And and they all often have tremendous chemistry with a lot of people, Yeah, but statistically it doesn't work out very well yeah. because you need something so much more than chemistry. Chemistry is not at all utmost important. Right. And, and sometimes real chemistry, you know, here's a way to, to say it. Love is forged, not found. So you don't, it's not something that you find. It's something that you forge through conflict through communication, uh, through hardships, experiencing pain together. And when you get down the road, it's like, all right, what we have is real. Like it's so much more than a fifth grade puppy love, you know, uh, you know, what that, that thing that kept you up all night <laughs> once upon a time, right. it's something, it's something more important than that. Oh, that's so good. Love is forged, not bound. And so this is transitioning actually into my next question, still on the similar topic. And then we're going to go into another really hot topic. But in, in Outdated, you talk about the love at first sight, and this is really going into physical attraction. So we, uh, you know, it's kind of a segue from what we've just been talking about. But I think a lot of people also base their decisions on somebody um, based on physical attraction. And uh, they're just like, they're not my type and they're, I'm not attracted to them. I hear that they're not my type all the time. And I just, woo, every time I'm like, what makes your type then? (laughs) Tell me right now, because if it's just this physical attraction and all these things, those are preferences. That's not like you're, that's, that should not be dictating. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think people should have to answer that question. Like, what is my type, right? You will not find something unless you know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So as you, as you go out there, step one is, know what you're looking for. And actually that's step one, a, that's step one a. So step one is actually, I'm, I'm looking for a partner in marriage. If marriage is the assignment, 
I have to know what the assignment is. I, I tell a story about being in bio, uh, anatomy class and having to dissect a frog and getting a partner. And I really wanted this girl that I had this huge crush on. And so the teacher put us together. I really wanted her as a partner and the teacher put us together. But the problem is she didn't want to dissect a frog. Like she wasn't interested in that. And so because I didn't consider the assignment, I didn't choose a partner wisely uh-huh. and, and we weren't great partners for this mm-hmm. project. So you have to start with, okay, what is the assignment? The assignment is marriage. So what is marriage? I need to define marriage. It's not just one long honeymoon. It's not just having a live in handyman. It's not just having an, you know, a partner to fulfill my sexual fantasies with it's, it's really serving and making sacrifices for each other and being sanctified, sanctified through this mission of of pursuing a savior in Christ. And so if that's marriage, well, then I need to, if I know that, then what do I look for in a partner that would help me with that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that I say it, you know, Monica, my wife, she's beautiful, but like her looks when, when a kid is throwing up at 2.30 in the morning and can't sleep and is sick, the, the fact that she's pretty does not help me there, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a nice to have, exactly. but it, it doesn't necessarily help with the mission. And so when someone says, you know, they're not my type, they need to consider like, what, what is, what is it that they're after? And, and God says in first Samuel 16, you know, he doesn't look at outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And so sometimes it's a spiritual maturity issue. Like guys will say, well, I'm just not attracted to her. Um, you know, should, should we break up? And I say, yes, you know, you should, because I don't think you'll be able to cherish her, but you also need to pray that God would make you attracted to what he's attracted to. Yeah. Because what they'll say, they'll say is she's the godliest woman I know, (laughs) but I'm just not attracted to her. Right. And I said, well, then you need to ask God to make you attracted to what he's attracted to, like that he would change your taste to match his yeah. so that you can, you know, find, find a great partner. Yeah. I practiced this concept a few years ago after reading a book by Dr. Henry cloud, where I was just all about like, no, that guy's not my type. And this was, yeah, it was about five years ago. And I remember I was on a dating app and this guy asked me out and we were having great conversations. He seems like a great Christian guy. And I just remember looking through his profile. I was like, this is not my type. I'm not that attracted to this guy. And the day before our date, I almost canceled it. I was like on the brink of canceling it. And I really felt in my, in my gut that I shouldn't cancel it and that I should try to get my mindset out of this quote unquote type and just see what God might be able to do and challenge myself in that and pray like, God, would you make it this man attractive to me? And would you shift what my concept of type is? So I went on this date with him he was amazing. His character shined. He was a gentleman. He, at the end of the day, asked me on a second date. I saw his intentionality and I was like, wow, oh my gosh. And so I went on a second date with him and I went on a third date with him and I kept praying the same prayer. And I ended up being so attracted to him, JP. He was incredible. And it it changed my whole concept on the type because I challenged myself to ask God to shape my heart and make those things attractive to me versus just what my quote unquote type was, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so often our feelings are our God, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, the reality is if we look backwards, every relationship we've been in, like our feelings have led us in and out of those relationships. And so we've had all the feels. And then it's like, soon as he did something dumb, you know, or weird or, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, Oh, all of a sudden those feelings are gone. And now I want out and, and I, I I don't, I just, 
uh, we're sometimes so trusting of those feelings that have proven themselves unreliable. Mm. And I do think it, it, like, I just, I'm going to ask the people, your listeners to lean in on this. I do think there's something more simple to say, all right, what is marriage? Have I defined it correctly? Okay. If I want that, who do I want to do that assignment with? Right. It's not just sex. Sex is like in a, in a really healthy sex life. That's like 0.6% of marriage. Okay. Like that, not very much. So you got to right. find something else to do 99.4% of the time. Yes. Right. So who, who do I want to go through life with partner in life with what qualities do I want them to have that they'd be a great husband and a great father? What are those qualities? Right. And then thirdly, how do I effectively and efficiently find out if he has those qualities? So for example, if I say, well, I want him to be great with children. Well, then I, then as we date, I don't need to be thinking about, okay, what has the best happy hour specials and like, where, what is the new place in town that we can go to? That's fun and exciting, but that's not going to let you know if he's good with children. Yeah. So uh, there's a part of dating intentionally. That's just like, all right, how do I put him in an environment where I can see how great he is with kids? So I can know if he has, I want to see how he interacts with other people, not me because he's interviewing for the job when he's acting toward me, but how does he treat people who can do nothing for him? Yeah. And so those are the things that you're thinking through and dating really is that simple. And then I'll just say, fourthly, communicating honestly, you know, saying all the things with kindness, I like to say. And so you need to be honest with him. You don't have to be mean, but you can say all the things like, Hey, I don't want to do this again. Uh, I'm, you know, and you can tell him why and you can say it kindly, but like say all the things with kindness. And I think if you do those four things, identify marriage, which is the assignment, identify what a partner would need to do the assignment with you well, determine what kind of environments you need to spend time with that potential prospective partner in order to find, to decide if they would be good at the assignment and then and then communicate well with them, say all the things with kindness. Yep. You do those four things, uh, I think you will date well. Yes. And so often we just live in like the chemistry zone and the fun zone and the infatuation, the feel zone. I can speak from that because that was my way of dating for a very long time. And I do actually believe that what you're saying, JP, can also be coupled with enjoyment. Like I don't believe dating has to be this monotonous, terrible process. Like I believe you can also enjoy dating because some people might hear what you say, just said and be like, that sounds really stressful. But I just want to insert the fact of like, it doesn't have to be y'all. Dating can also be enjoyment when you put the perspective of like, how can I also just get to know an amazing man or woman of God here and appreciate that experience, whether or not that ends up being my person? How can I have a posture of curiosity? You are learning. You are in a way, you know, interviewing them in some capacity, but how can I also see it as just, wow, how can I learn this person and make them feel seen, heard, loved, understood? As you've said before, JP, leave them better than I found them. What an awesome opportunity to also be able to do that. And that can be an enjoyable experience if you frame it up in your mind and have that mindset going into it. I love dating. It's a more, (laughs) it's a more fun experience. That's the thing is like, it's like dating for fun is not very fun because it's, it often leaves you heartbroken, sad, like the, the manic highs, manic lows, but dating intentionally is very fun. It doesn't have to be intense. 
But just to like know where this is going and to communicate honestly with each other and to not be left, you know, in, in a world of hurt, but to be able to leave each other better than you found them. That's a lot of fun. And to go and, and experience things and to make memories and laugh together and, and be great friends. Like that's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I actually believe, and I say it to people all the time, being that I am single and married, uh, like an unmarried person, like people ask, like, you've been through so many relationships, breakups, like, how do you still enjoy it? I'm like, because you can make it enjoyable. Like it's up to you to show up in the process and making an enjoyable process, which also means you have to have uncomfortable conversations, you know, (laughs) along the way. But that's part of learning. Like when I I know that this is not going to work for me, I have to share that directly and clearly with the person with, as you said, kindness and I can feel uncomfortable, but also it makes it it's clear. So I'm not dating them for months on end and then being like, I'm sorry, actually this whole time I didn't, I'm not actually that into you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, for sure. I, I think that's absolutely true. In the book outdated, we talk about how it, that you don't have to go through it with all the heartbreak. Like there's actually a way to date without ending up with a broken heart. And so what I do is I, every, anybody in any category of dating, whether date, they're dating around or seriously dating or, or, or single and wanting to date, but not having a prospect. What I do is I lay out this, like, Hey, here's the next step for you to take. And I try to make it as practical as possible. So everybody has, uh, you know, a next action item that I think will lead them to something, you know, wonderful, something good, even if that's contentment in their season. Yes, that's good. This is why I love this book. It's so helpful. It's clear. It's practical. Incredible. Everyone needs outdated. Just plugging you, JP, because I believe in this so much and I love it. Okay, my friends, I have to be real with you right now. I used to work in fashion, but When COVID-19 hit, my entire wardrobe shifted from all my cute outfits into athleisure and sweatpants. Now, I am here for all the comfy attire, okay? But seriously, Lululemon has been taking all of my money and your girl needs to be on a budget. This is where I want to share with you an app that I discovered that is saving my life and my budget right now. They have comfy clothes like Lululemon and so many other brands, but all for thrift store prices. Nope, y'all, this is not a drill. This is real life. What's your closet missing? Maybe some fun tie-dye, some Lululemon leggings or joggers, some Madewell. Whatever you're looking for, the app Curtsy has the latest styles you actually want, all at price points that you can afford. With the Curtsy app, you get thrift store prices delivered to your door. I literally just bought my favorite joggers from Lululemon that are normally $120 for literally 35% off. And you guys, they have tags and have never been worn. I also got my favorite tank, the Align tank, for $40, and it's normally $65. Also, it's never been worn and still has the tags. So if you want a sustainable way to get your favorite brands like Lululemon, Madewell, Lulu's, so many others delivered directly to your door, I want to encourage you to download the Curtsy app today and enter promo code HEART for 15% off your first order. All you have to do is search Curtsy in the App Store, which is spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y, and enter promo code HEART for 15% off your first order. So go ahead right now, go to the App Store, download the Curtsy app, and enter promo code HEART, and you'll be able to get a discount on all of your favorite styles for thrift store prices. I know, I'm saving your life right now and your wallet. You can thank me later. 
Okay, so friend, I want to ask a hot topic that I know you have talked about a lot. I have thoughts on this. There's a lot of people that say, you know, that guys aren't asking girls out in the church. Um, I would love to hear your theory about this, and I'd love to share some of mine too. (laughs) Yeah, well, we we I break it down in the book, just like because because I hear two things all the time. Yep, guys aren't asking girls out. And I hear that from girls and mm-hmm. I hear, and girls are always saying no from guys. Yep. And I'm like, how could both of this be true? And so we set out on a journey to understand how, how that could be true. And what I found Kate is that guys, uh, there's a lot of guys that are asking out the same girls over and over and over so that those same girls are, are having to say no a lot. But then you have these amazing God fearing women that would be incredible wives, not getting asked out. And they would be like awesome, you know, girlfriends, fiancés, wives. And so I I do think that there's truth in that reality. And I think guys do need to take initiative. I think one of the problems in the landscape of of dating is male passivity, that, that we've outsourced this virtually so that I can slide into DMs, I can swipe, I can click, you know, I can send a message. And I don't have to, you know, get in my car, go to the flower shop, pick up some flowers, show up to your work unannounced, you know, you know, hand them to you, look into your eyes and say, I really have been thinking a lot about you lately. And I'd love to spend more time with you intentionally. Would you like to go on a date with me next Thursday at seven? Feel free to think (laughs) about it and, and just let me know. Right. Like that, that goals, right? Relationship goals. Yeah. I'm like any man who does that, I'm pretty much saying yes. I'm like, yeah, yes. And then, (laughs) and I think, I think girls feel so like, okay, what am I just, and do I just have to wait for the guy to initiate? Like, what do I do in the midst of this, you know, epidemic of passivity? And I would say, no, like love must be sincere. Like girls will ask, well, like, what do I do if, you know, I really like my best friend, you know, how, how do I show him that I'm interested? I'm like, tell him you really like him. Yeah. Like, if love must be sincere, it's okay to use words right. and to turn your feelings and thoughts into words. And just, you don't have to play games. Just say, I've been thinking a lot about you lately and I'd love to spend more time with you. If that's anything that you'd be interested in, would you let me know? Yes. And and you can say that, right? Yes. And that's not, into that. mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're desperate or or anything like that. But I would say uh, to the ladies, I would say, but just be careful because I don't want you to end up with a super passive guy. Right. And and if he does like you and he's not willing to communicate that to you, that's not a red flag, but it, it may be, um, it may be a yellow flag, right? It's something to watch just as you, so as you move into a dating relationship with him, Hey, I just want to make sure that this guy is, is, is he is intentional, right? He will communicate. He won't leave me to wonder all these things all the time. Yeah. And so you're going to want to make sure that that's there. You know what I've seen, what you're saying, it's so true. I've also seen, um, I actually, Ben Stewart has talked about this a little bit too, where uh, he has also said, and I, I believe this, like with the guys, the culture has changed a little bit, right? Like back in the day, guys did go out more and ask women out and to dance and just think it was more part of the culture. Today, we've shifted way more virtually. And there's a level that I can have a compassion, empathy to see where more virtual things have become more distant, more separated because of that. We're 
we're more connected but disconnected than ever. We've all heard that. Um, so I, I can see that and I'm like, okay. And I know that dudes really fear rejection. So there's a level that I'm like, okay. And how do we work through that to get the guys confident to get out there, to work against what you're talking about, the passivity, you know, to say, okay, like on my end, I see that in guys and I want to do whatever we can in heart of dating to encourage the guys, like to be bold, to practice that muscle, to, you know, get, you know, combat their fears of rejection and whatever's underneath that and whatever's making them not step out there. What I see it also for a lot of guys and how they see themselves, you know, it's because they're insecure about something, maybe their financial standpoint, or they're thinking they have to have every single thing together in their life before they ask a girl out. On the other end, for women, I'm like, so with you, JP, you know this, but I always talk about like, just drop the hanky, just give the, let the guy know. And then you see, I think the important part about that is you see what he does with it. You know, I'm not here to plan the whole day to make that happen. I'm just opening the door and seeing if he's walking through the door. And, yeah. and I'm giving him the green light and is he going to go? And that's it. But I'm not there. Yeah. I, I open the door, but I don't make him walk through the door. I'm not like, I'm interested in you and I want to see you this night and this is what we're going to do. No, I don't do that. I drop the hanky and then I see if he's going to pick it up. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just like, I, I love the way you say it, but it, it, for me, it's, it's Romans 12, nine, like love must be sincere. Meaning we don't have to play games. We don't have to, you know, live in this world where we wonder how each other feels. Like we can just ask, like, hey, how do you feel about me? What are you? What are your thoughts? Or here's how I feel about you. And if you'd ever want to hang out, like, and just be sincere, mm. say all the things with kindness. Yes. Now, on the end of guys asking all the same girls out, I do see, I actually see it on the flip side too. I see when I encourage women to drop the hanky, I even have a program called Drop the Hanky Now, um, where women can drop the hanky on guys. What's super interesting is that all the women are also doing the same way. They're also dropping the hanky on all of the same guys. <laughs> Right. Every yeah. and I'm like, wait, wait a second. It's, it's because of what we said earlier. Yes. It's just so we're basing so many when you when you outsource this to the digital world, everything is based on looks. And so it's just like I'm looking at a profile photo and and it's and it really is like who's the most photogenic? What is the picture that I get the most excited about? And and I'm I'm just raising my hand saying, Man, that's broken. We have to base it on something else. The scripture says, Proverbs 31, 30, beauty is fleeting. And so it doesn't say beauty is bad. Beauty is great. God made us uh, aesthetic human beings. He made us emotional. He gave us eyes to, to see and appreciate beauty with. But he also says, hey, I just want you to know that it is fleeting, that that's the thing that's going away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think I also, I always challenge them back to what you're saying is like, why, why are you asking that person out? Why are you dropping the hanky on them? If it's a female, like what is it more than just the initial look, you know, is, do you yeah. actually believe you might get along with this person for something more than just a physical? And oftentimes I'm like, if, if they can't answer that, I'm like, is there, what connect, what is connecting you to that person? Do you have anything that stood out about them, about their character, who they are, you know? And sometimes we have those glasses on where we see somebody who's attractive and we do think, oh my gosh, well, they must be like this amazing Christian guy or vice, you know? And I'm like, but you don't, know, have you actually looked at the fruit in their life? Do you see? Yeah. anything else there <laughs> so i mean it, it really it's it leads it leads people and this is 
this is our heart. You know, we uh, I've got no other motive than to care as well as I can for your listeners. And that just can lead you to a really bad place. What happens is you get your heart all involved in some person who ultimately lacks character and, and they, and they may not have the depth um, or, or they may not be God's man or God's woman. And so that's, yeah, that's a dangerous place. Mm, It's always. Okay. So last hot topic question, we could ask so many, but I want to get your thoughts about ghosting a bit here because this is a big epidemic currently in our culture. And, uh, it's really tough. It's tough for people. I, you know, as a single person have been ghosted many a times and probably in the past, I've honestly probably ghosted people, um, in the past. And so what are your thoughts about ghosting? What do we do about ghosting? How do we, Mm, how do we combat this? It's just a symptom of the outsource to the digital world. And so we're taking things easy. I think that's a big part of the male passivity as well is is we have we can take the easy way out is I don't have to learn how to have difficult conversations with people but I can just ignore them and and eventually they'll go away and it's not loving man I I really I think it is not the spirit of god at all I think it's another spirit a satanic spirit honestly that we we would treat our brothers and sisters like that like again I'm I'm beating this dead horse Romans 12:9 love must be sincere. So we need to say all the things with kindness. And so if you don't want to hang out with somebody, that's okay. That's your prerogative. That's your choice. You can make that choice, but you need, if you are a follower of Jesus, if big, if you follow Jesus Christ, you need to have the decency to love them by communicating well to them that you no longer desire to, to be with them in that way, to date them or to communicate with them in that way. And if you can't do that, and then I'm just going to say it plainly, you're not ready to date. You should not be dating. Yeah, that's good. Because this is this is not children's play. Like we're talking about trying to find a spouse, someone to have children with, someone to start a family with. And, and if we can't have hard conversations with each other, then we are not ready for, for dating and we're not ready for marriage. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think it comes back to what I say about like, you know, rejection is protection. And if you're being Mm -hmm. ghosted, you are being protected because I think in those moments with ghosting, it feels unfair. It totally feels just like jarring and unfair, but I like to encourage people to not personalize it. We really personalize rejections like that. And we make it something's wrong with me. Did I send too many emojis? Did I ask the wrong question? Like we go into that and I just am like, it's not about you. It really isn't. Unless you've been cruel to this person or abusive in some way, um, there's really no reason that that person should be ghosting you, you know? And so it's really a revealing thing on their heart and where they stand and Mm -hmm. be grateful that you're seeing that. Would you want somebody who doesn't have the courtesy to treat somebody with compassion and who doesn't have the courage to have an uncomfortable conversation? And at the end of the day, no, you don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) It's God's kindness to you. I believe that too, Kate. I think that's just, that's how you should interpret that. So when the couple days go by and they haven't responded, and I know it's hard to go to sleep and it's hard to take those thoughts captive. It's hard not to wonder. But once you get to that place where you're like, oh, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Thank you, God. Thank you for protecting me from this person who does not have the character to have difficult conversations. You are showing me. I, I pray that you would show me 
that if they were yours or not, if they had your heart or not. And you're showing me that by their absence of communication, I truly am grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, JP, this has been amazing. I love you, brother. Uh, is there anything yeah. else that you just, you do the Friday Q and a every week, you have so much in outdated. Is there anything else for this hot topic conversation you think we should address before I ask you my final question? <laughs> yeah. Well, much love your direction too. I'm so excited for the way that you care for people and how God is using you. I, I really, I just would, would wrap up or move towards wrapping up with this summary of, of defining the assignment. Okay. So this is a journal project, right? Get, get, get a pen and paper and say, all right, what is marriage? Biblically speaking, what is marriage? If that's in dating, if that's the finish line, if that's the desire, that's really what I'm doing is I'm looking for a spouse. Well, what is the assignment? What is marriage? Okay. And then what, what would be a good partner for me in that assignment? Like what character qualities am I looking for in someone to help me do the assignment of marriage? Then thinking, okay, what environments do I want to be in with someone to determine if they have those character qualities? What kind of dates do I want to go on? And how, how much time do I need? Like some people date for four or five, six years. It's like, wow, how much time do you need to find out if they're good marriage material or not, you know? And then, and I, and then I would just, you know, cover all of that in saying all the things with kindness, so like be honest with each other. Yes. And, uh, and so that, I think that's a good summary, a good, uh, journaling project. Oh and gosh, I think I once you do that, it will really help clarify. And that's all I, I expound on all of those ideas in the book outdated to be a really helpful resource to you as you find love that lasts in a world where dating has changed. Oh. This is amazing. I love that. I love that journaling exercise. I think we can go into this process with more clarity if we just commit to doing journaling exercises like this and reading books like Outdated. And I just want to throw out one additional piece to what you just said because it's coming up for me. I find that so so much of the things we've talked about today too, also, you know, people ghosting or uh, people not feeling comfortable asking somebody out or not putting themselves out there, whether it's a guy or a girl, I think it also comes to, you know, make sure you know what you bring to a relationship as well. And, and make, and write that down after you do JP's assignment. I just want to encourage you guys, like, make sure you know, like what value you have to bring and be confident in that and stand firm and strong and who God has created you to be and why you're here on this earth. Um, I just have such a heart to, I see so many people, I'm sure you do too, JP, that, are just looking for their love buckets to be full and they are willing to shape and form and all these things. And it comes back to, and then they are rejected and it hits them so much worse because they don't actually at the core know what they have to offer in a relationship, you know? So just going to also add that after you do JP's epic exercise, then write down you guys what you bring to a relationship. Um, cause that's important too, to stand on. Uh, okay. Last question, JP for you. And you know it already because we do it every time, but what's your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Yeah. Uh, my, f- my final nugget of dating <laughs> advice. Okay. You ready? I'm going to, I'm going to go off script on this one. Do I, it. I, I, those, those four things I think are my, my, the, the clearest and most helpful is I just want to speak to the single person and just say like, you are not JV to, to marriage. And, um, and singleness is a gift. And I know that can feel like an eye roll moment, but 
God who only speaks the truth says it's a gift in first Corinthians seven, verse seven. And then Jesus in Matthew 19 says that it is a really high calling. And so if, if you find yourself in this, in this place where you're like, man, I, I'm going on dates. I just like, don't like these guys, it's, it's just not going anywhere. Uh, I don't know. Like you, you ask questions like what's wrong with me and say, I would just say nothing's wrong with you. I mean, and nothing's wrong with you. That's not wrong with all of us in this broken world as we exist as sinners. And it may just be a, a you know, something you may want to do is mark out six months in your calendar and say, Hey, I'm just going to spend this time learning to be content in my singleness. And I'll pick up back up on relationships six months from now. Like I'll, I'll think about that six months from now, but I'm just going to take the next six months to really use this gift for the sake of the kingdom to, to pursue God, to learn more about him and just to find enjoyment in my life, not being on a date, not thinking about the opposite sex. And I want you to know that that's okay too. So that's that's weird dating advice, but I think it's important. No, I think that's so important. I think it's timely right now because I think with COVID, everyone has felt that much more, you know, quote unquote desperate. And so I think yeah. coming back to what you're saying is a beautiful reminder of just finding the contentment in our current season. And we need to hear that from somebody like you, JP, who is married. And it's really encouraging to hear that when we as singles and me being a single person have heard a lot of other messaging that's really, you know, just hyper-focused on marriage ministry and kids ministry. And so thank you for being that voice, especially as a married person. It really means a lot to us as singles. (laughs) Absolute my joy, friend. Thank you for having me on the podcast and just let me talk about this book outdated. I do pray that it's a blessing and, and and just anybody that hears this, I would ask them, I'd invite them, hey, would you pray for this resource? And 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 of course, thank you for rejecting me <laughs> as well. We, I, I would love your prayers for these resources that God would use them. Oh, you're amazing. Where can um, everyone get outdated? It is the day after it came out. So now it's available. Um, anybody yeah, can buy everywhere, it. Everywhere. Everywhere. We can get it all Everywhere books are sold. Everywhere books are <laughs> and sold. Hey, so Amazon, of course, and, and JonathanPacluda.com. There's a few resources there. Amazing. And guys, I want to just say this because I believe in this book. I believe in JP. And this first week for authors is super important. So if you guys are listening right now, would you buy the book this week? And if you feel less would you write a review for JP? It, these things matter as authors. So I, I know JP is just, he's out to serve, but I want to really support him in this way, you guys. So buy the book this week, support him, write a review. It really matters, especially this first week. So let's get rally behind JP as a friend um, to Heart of Dating. All right, JP, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you so much, friend. I appreciate you. Thank All you right. for having me on. You're the best. We'll talk soon. Ayo, how was that for some fire? Guys, I just love JP. I love that we covered the one, the X factor and sparks, a slow burn versus instant chemistry. We also talked really real about ghosting, which I know is something we all experience, including myself, y'all, as a single woman, I definitely experience ghosting as I shared today. And we also talked about love at first sight. And I just love JP, his heart for singles, this book, Outdated, go get yourself one right now. And I'm so grateful that JP is just dedicated to helping singles navigate this ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. 
You guys, we have graduated from our series related to the book, but I still hope that you will go and purchase a copy of Thank You for Rejecting Me. It would mean so much to my heart if you did so to just support me as a first-time author. All right, guys, that's it for now. Love y'all. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 